I'm Tony Law. Listen to the Promoter Mouths podcast with Kai and Pablo. Nice rack, I think one might say. She did have a nice rack. Yeah. Have a nice snob. Weirdly. Element of surprise. Stand by. It's that wonderful time again. Here we are for episode number 45 of the Promoter Mouths podcast. Hello, Pablo, and may I say, a very happy World Lima Day to you. Oh, right. Uh, hello, Kai, and a happy World Lima Day to you. Yep. L- Lemurs. Why is it, why is it uh, Lima Day? Well, why is it any day when they celebrate a day? Father's Day, Mother's Day, Lima Day, it's all the same. I like the wacky ones. Yep, there's um, little cute big-eyed creatures in the trees. Sort of like a pirate day, that's a good one. Okay. Have you, have you, have you, uh, have you celebrated Sort of Like a Pirate Day before? No, I haven't, <laughs> even, though, even though I'm from Bristol area. I used to yeah. support a football club that were named the Pirates. Yeah, well, they talk like Pirates, one day. Bristol Rovers Football Club. And there's Steak and BJ Day, isn't there? Oh, is there? Yeah, Steak and Blowjob Day, you've not heard of that. In that particular order, or do you get to choose? Uh, I... Well, you get to ask <laughs> whether or not you get any, that's oh, okay. a different thing. All right. I often remind Mrs. Pablo when it comes around, I get short shrift. Just stick a steak on the table and give her a wink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get lower than this. Uh, several pounder. Yeah, yeah. Look at this eight ounce yeah. on the table. And then, nope, you don't get it, do you? No. Don't get the two mixed up, otherwise you will griddle your bollocks, Pablo. I, I have more success on Talk Like a Pirate Day, if I'm being honest. <laughs> there was a guy in Wisbeach who came to, the, to a gig uh, once, and he was dressed as a pirate. It was the... It was Mitch Ben was headlining, and he came dressed as a pirate and was all sort of coy about it whenever anyone asked him, why are you dressed as a pirate? Like it was a perfectly normal thing to do. Bit of an attention-seeking thing, that, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Some people... I mean, that guy from the Rolling Stones looks like a pirate, doesn't he? I was in your neck of the woods a couple of years ago, actually almost three years to the day, because... Social media remind me there was a pirate wandering around in a place called Devon. It's a little town, and he was dressed as a pirate, and uh, I, and he was very good. I'm going to do a piece to camera to send to me brother, brother who really loves pirates. Don't ask why he just just loves pirates, and he did a whole ah, how you doing there, fellow my lad, uh, Jimbo, and 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 he was there for about a minute and a half, and I was there filming it. And, and at the end, I said, oh, that's brilliant, mate. Thank you. And uh, I hadn't recorded it. I hadn't pressed my button properly. <laughs> oh, no. I remember, ah. I remember a, a holiday. We went to Butlins in Minehead, and I was a m- tiny. I couldn't have been very old at all. And I remember they, as one of the kids' clubs, was chasing a pirate around the park. And in the end, he does uh, a walk the plank off the uh, high board in the swimming pool. Oh, right. Yeah. Remember, I remember the song, too. I'm not going to sing it. What was the song? Captain Blood, we are coming for you. Captain Blood, 
We don't like what you do Cos this time More than any other time This time We've gotta find a way Find a way to get away This time We're getting it all together We'll put you right Captain Blood Boom, boom We are coming for you was Captain Bloodapedo? <laughs> well, whatever, whatever his crimes, he walked the plank for them. I, I can hear the listeners. As soon as you said the bloke dressed as a pirate, the kids follow, follow, following him around. On behalf of the listeners, I had to ask because they were all thinking it. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah but yeah. isn't that funny? Core memories like that. Yeah, yeah. All them years ago, must be f- over forty years ago, and I, I remember, I remember the lyrics to the songs. Are uh, one more. <laughs> Two rival comedy promoters happen to live in the same sleepy town in Norfolk. Rather than be at each other's throats, competing for territory like crap Colombian cartel leaders. They have joined together with the aim of banging on about UK comedy scene through the lens of also living in an idyllic English market town. It's what we're going to do. Oh, by the way, thank you for the Brewdog Punk IPA. Well, it is a Friday. It is. So, uh, yeah. It was beers on Pablo today. Mm. We're going to have a week roundup in a minute. And praise be... Comedy rumours. Forward slash... Shithousery. Viking like a twat in London and Chad Graves. Seagull News. Feeding whores. Hellfire and damnation. Contrition! I must say, <coughs> the Hellfire and damnations were quite aggressive last week, weren't they? they were, I, I had to beep them out. There was so much swearing. I didn't think you had to beep. You, you made them sound more dramatic by beeping them. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was and you were swearing and you weren't beeping yourself. You were just making me sound like a reprobate. I, I did beep myself. Not as much. I didn't swear as much. You did, you did swear. A couple of times. Yeah, and you, there were swears that you didn't beep out. Bloody and blooming, they're not swear words. Well, uh, I don't know how you was brought up, Guy, but uh, in my book. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll put that on the contrition at the end. Yeah. I'm sorry for me bloody and buggers. <laughs> um, what have you been up to this week, Pablo? Well, according to the crib sheet, I've basically just been eating kebabs. And I, I've done more than that. I can't believe I've only put down mixed kebab in Lancaster as a thing that I did. I've done loads of stuff. <laughs> you did? Well, I, I did go to Lancaster for work, and I did my usual thing of um, ordering a, the biggest kebab I could find off Just Eat and uh, having it sent sent to the reception and uh, eating it in my room with a pint of beer. And it was it's a lovely thing to do. It's, it's a nice, It feels decadent. You, you didn't just do that, though, did you, Pablo? I... I, uh, I I sent you a review. You did. Do you remember all of the review that you sent? Yeah, it was in like three parts. With, with yeah, yeah, yeah. With I, also, I, I, I tried to edit it on my phone, but it, but only it was more than three parts. It was about ten parts, I th- and, and I managed to knit about seven bits together, and then the other three just wouldn't add on to it, and I couldn't. I could, Do you think that uh, the patrons would love to see that? I think so. Yeah, I did it in half in mind the patrons. I do think a five minute. Kebab review is quite lengthy. It's like Oscar winning. Mm. Well, it'll be more than that because and you went to uh, 
ex-mouth yeah. and responded in kind and sent me all kebab well, reviews. I thought it would we be... We should have kebab off. What we should do is put them on the Patreon and then and then we'll get constructive feedback from the from the Patreons and they can tell us who was the best kebab Which review. Which kebab are they going to go for? And what they want to see in a kebab review. Yeah. I, I genuinely think we've got um, internet gold here because middle-aged men, middle-aged men... They love kebabs, right? And not even just middle-aged, but just blokes. There's some ladies do, right? Some. But it's, it's mainly a bloke thing. Review kebabs, uh, stick it on the internet, get rich and famous. Some it's people a, have done it's that. It's a business plan. Yeah, I know. I know they are, yeah. But, but specifically with just kebabs, though. Just keep it niche. We might have missed the boat there. I don't know. Let's. I, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Uh, to, tonight... Um, cause, because it was a Friday and I'm, and I'm in a kebab frame of mind, I googled the best kebab house in Norwich. No, no, it's supposed to be in Prince of Wales Road, but they yeah. wouldn't answer the phone and I didn't have time to go up there and it not be open. Right. So um, I, I, second for, I settled for a second best, which is the kebab shop in Loddon. Got myself a Loddon special mixed kebab. 14 and a half quid, was it? Fucking 17 quid. Wow. Well, it was, I tell you what, it was all right. It wasn't any worse than the kebab I had in uh, in Lancaster or a few weeks back in Tunbridge Wells. Mm. Yeah, it was all right. It was just, I don't know, it too much done, I don't know. Because it had, um, had a, I don't, it didn't even have sheesh on it. it had ch- chunks of chicken breast, chunks of lamb, Chunks of something else. I don't know. Might have been chunks of sheesh. Yeah, maybe lamb. It's usually lamb, isn't yeah, it? But lamb and chicken. Didn't get a, like a tube of coffee. Oh. Yeah. But the one I had in um, uh, Lancaster had pork, uh, lamb chops on it. That's always a winner. That's a good it? one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a couple of lamb chops because they're not cheap. No, that's right. Well, the kebab wasn't cheap. I think it was about 21 quid or something. Well, there was. It. I had a trip to Exmouth and had one from a place called Corner Kebab. Yeah. I, and, I saw this. And they did the thing which I really like, which is they have the lamb donna going round on the rotisserie thing, but then they have the chicken one next to it. So you call that a mixed kebab, don't you? I'm a With, su- mixed donna, that is. Yeah, that's a yeah. mixed donna. Yeah, very, very nice. Yeah. I used to just go for chicken because it actually was really tasty, but a mixed one of them. Yeah. But you always go for the big thing. So you'd be just as happy, Pablo, with just a medium donna. Mm. You would. Well, I don't know. You know. A, a medium donor is something that you'll have walking back from the pub to keep you company. If you're taking it home and having it as a treat on a Friday, that's not the same. All right. Well, I hope you didn't rush your kebab. You, you get windy pups to get over here. No, I had plenty of time. All right. All right. Um, I just said uh, a minute ago, I went to Exmouth. Yes. To see me old man. Yeah, how was um, that? Full of delays. Uh, you know, before I got delayed because there was one under. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid you not, Pablo, I've been and come back and there were three under on this journey. Jesus. I don't know what is going on in the world, but people are chucking themselves on the train tracks. I noticed in Holland, all they, over. On, on, the, on the boards, they, they, they just used the word collision. So a uh, train delayed due to collision. <laughs> there was an announcement as I was walking through a station. Bing! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for travelling with Great Western Railway. We'd just like to report some delays because of a person under a train.
I remember getting a train from um, Ma- Manchester to Euston once, and it, and it we had the old bing bong and said. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this train is delayed due to a couple of idiots running around on the track. <laughs> yeah, okay, that will do. I think they're trying to get. Um, I think they just shut the train tracks down as soon as they see anyone anywhere near the tracks now, because I yeah. think they know what's coming, and it's yeah, a, yeah. it's a lot longer delay if they've got to go down there with the mops and buckets. I used to know somebody whose job it was to assemble the team to clean up on the tube. Oh, yeah, and he he was telling me it happens an awful lot. And some people, they think that some people who sort of end up under the trains or colliding with the trains on the on the tube, some of them don't even plan to do it. They go along and they just get a, a compulsion. Whoa. And they don't think about it and they just jump and that's that. They haven't thought about it at all. Oh I don't really know, but he was insistent. And maybe they, you know, somebody survived and they said, they probably do get a few survivors. Yeah, yeah. A few sort of... Uh, well, the one that when I went to Bristol a few weeks ago, he he got taken to hospital. They did, and I read in the news that he was, I mean, if you're going to do it, you want to do it properly, don't you? You don't want to, you don't want to come back from that in bits. No. Well. This is taking a dark turn. Yeah, on a Friday. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Uh, loads of delays anyway. Yeah. And I've got a couple of things I'm, I've chucked in later, so I won't yeah. go on about it now. But it was very nice to see me old man. Uh, didn't do much, just hung out with him for a day or so. Went down on Tuesday, stayed over Wednesday. And came back Thursday. I saw you. You did a quiz with your dad, a uh, pub quiz. No, bingo. Bingo. That's what it was. Oh, bingo. Yeah. yeah. I've put car update. Yes, your uh, your your car is a uh, more liability than asset currently. Is that right? Yeah, I think the the repairs in the last couple of months have probably could have bought me another car. Yeah. The same as this one. Um, had it repaired. It was the... You had your alternator done recently, didn't you? No, I had to start a motor done. Okay, okay. One alternator yeah. and a new battery, which I'd bought the day before, yeah. separate to that. Go on. Let me just add the battery on a minute. £550. Oh. oh, that was a kick in the bollocks, mate. Yeah, that's a kick in the bollocks. I'm on up the hoop. Yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a new venue. But mind-boggling student, praise be. Who's this? Well, I had a student, right, and we were talking about cassette tapes. Oh, uh, can, I, can no, I guess? He had no idea. Didn't know they were a thing. He didn't know what they were for because we were talking about computer games and I was trying to explain to him that I had a computer, Commodore 64 computer, yeah. and the games were on a cassette tape that you had to play, and it made a noise, and that's what made the, the video game come up. You would have sounded to him yeah. like a Victorian granddad with bloody... Yeah. Uh, what what those things called with the, that you wind up and the music comes out of? Gramophone. Gramophone, yeah. yeah. You would have sounded like that to him. Yeah, and because uh, he, he's got his Call of Duty and all of his games that he plays on his Xbox or whatever, or PlayStation. And then we were talking about tapes, um, and then... I said about CDs, and oh. I said compact disc, and he said, "Is that what they're called?" 
I said, yeah, CD stands for compact disc. And he was taken aback. And I thought, wow, am I really that old? You are, yeah. Yeah. And then I said, VHS. He goes, oh, yes, I've I've seen a VHS. Do you know what that stands for? Uh, No, video home system. Blew his mind. But then he said, he thought that PC stands for Poncuter. (laughs) (laughs) Poncuter. PC. (laughs) Right. That's why I'm praising it because that made me piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> Video home system. You know what? I'm going to shock you here. I never knew that. <laughs> oh, really? Never knew that. I never even questioned what VHS. VHS. What, what, what does Beta stand for in Betamax? Oh, I have no idea about that. I think that's, that's probably tested. It. It's probably right. It's probably a brand, isn't it? You remember that Betamax? Yeah, they were yeah. just a bit, just a slightly different shape, so yeah, they weren't yeah. compatible. Yeah, but they were widely regarded as a better than a VHS system, weren't they? But they weren't as cheap. So they didn't, and, and it, was it Sony started making the uh, VHS recorders and everybody just, just fell in line? Yeah. I mean, I used to, I studied film and television as part of my degree and we had big Panasonic cameras that you put a whole VHS cassette in yeah. to record. So you're running around with basically yeah. a video player on your shoulder with wow. a lens on it. Wow. And then you took them out, put them into two big video players that you could shuttle between the two. You know, wow. so you had to turn that video and that's that scene and then another one. Then you record it onto another cassette. You're taking hours to do Madness. kebab reviews with that thing. <laughs> yeah, imagine you? that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine trying to, yeah, trying to edit stuff today with that yeah, and then yeah. upload it onto YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Christ. Yep, there you go. So, yeah, Poncuter, praise be. <laughs> Poncuter, get out of here. You've put Dave the Daggerman from Dagenham. Who's that? That's uh, old uh, Dave Courtney. Oh, yes. God bless him, he passed away. He did. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I put him back, it's there, my old mate, Dave Courtney. I'm not his mate, I wasn't ever. Didn't he kick you off the stage? He, he kicked me off the set of The People versus Jerry Sadovitz a long time ago. Well, I, sp- I spoke about it on you this podcast. You deserved before. it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Well, it, it was a weird thing, but he, um, he he did a uh, a video saying that if you're watching this, I'm now dead. Yes. Yeah. See, yeah. He says I'm in I'm in good health. I'm just sound mind, but um, he's in pain from arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, yeah, or something. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. Wow. And, and the weird thing, I I I I saw it, and um, I saw I saw quite a few people. I saw Max uh, Max Matt. Matt Price, he did a podcast on villains. He did, and uh, which is very good. Um, what's it called? Talking to villains or something like talking to criminals. I think it's called. So it's a really good podcast. He got, a lot of tro- he got he got a lot of stick for that, didn't he? From the wrong side of the law. Uh, I, I think had to stop doing it. Yeah, I think one of the criminals took umbrage to him and mm. uh, sort of chased him out of town, which uh, wasn't have been much fun for him. But uh, yeah, it, it, the podcast itself was really good. But I, I know he did one with uh, Dave Courtney, and there was a good bit. Um, if we can insert it, if we can find it, Christian Steele worked with Dave Courtney, and he's got a great anecdote about meeting him when he turns up and gets off his face on ecstasy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Afternoon, lovely people. I'm just messaging about, uh, it's sad to hear about Dave Courtney. Uh, I've just been reading everybody's messages that has uh, met him, worked with him. And I I worked with him down in Wellingborough uh, for James. And 
it was a, a, a crazy night. He normally, uh, James used to run uh, sports evenings in Wellingborough and uh, the audiences were very uh, rowdy but really great. And uh, we had John Barnes on and all kinds of wonderful players with wonderful stories, most of them about uh, Gaza, naturally. And then I get asked to do uh, host an evening with Dave Courtney, and what he was going to do is come with a DVD and uh, he would uh, do a whole show, but it was all linked to a video uh, watching him being an enforcer back in the day. And that was the premise of the show. So anyway, he arrives. He is a, a lovely man, uh, was very friendly and very kind and very funny. And uh, anyway, I was chatting to him and uh, he immediately said, I've forgotten the DVD. So uh, I'm suddenly going, oh, Christ, I don't have any questions or, or interview planned whatsoever. So I then, as I'm chatting to him about where he wants to go, rather than me suddenly crib up on his life, uh, I, I said, give me 10, you know, points. Give me 10 or 11 things uh, that we can chat about uh, that you like talking about in the orders that you normally do. And as he's telling me, he's, he, he's popping these, uh, what I thought were Tic Tacs, uh, which transpired to be ecstasy. And he was sweating unbelievably. So uh, not only did he forget the thing that he was there to do, uh, the video, he, he was popping ecstasy like there was no tomorrow. Anyway, I do the warm up and I get him on stage. And because he's high, he couldn't focus on any given topic. And uh, he's all over the shop talking about being on the uh, Playboy boat and and uh, banging Pocahontas, and it was very bizarre, but the audience liked it and everything. Anyway, halfway through this interview, I noticed this woman appear uh, from the side of stage, and she's got these thigh-high boots. She looked like she could, uh, you know, tackle you in a fight. Uh, she was uh, transpired to be an escort. Anyway... Courtney sees her and he goes, that's for me, son. You know, like he was a lucky boy. And, and this lady, bless her, she looked like she'd come off worse in a knife fight, you know. But um, it was a good evening. He was a very friendly man. And uh, I'm very sorry to see him go. And he did invite me to his uh, lovely house, but I never got a chance to go down there. And I, uh, that's my, my loss. But uh, I wish him well. And uh, it was lovely to meet him. I've put... Praise be to Cheap Pints. Yes. Now, I went to Exmouth. You're going to hear a lot about this Exmouth journey yeah. throughout this pod. But one of the things, got to London, had a pint whilst mm -hmm. I was waiting for a delayed train. £7.60 for a pint of, of Madry. And then I got to Exmouth and had a pint. £3.80 for a pint of Madry. That's London for you. Two for one. Yeah. That's why everybody goes from Exeter into Exmouth, I think. They go in there to get go out on the lash and get the last train back. I mean, last time I went to London, I drank bitter um, everywhere. I went, so it wasn't quite £7.60. Yeah, but that's... It was like more like a fiver, but... That's heavy going, isn't it? £7. Yeah. No, that's how I walk in. I mean, that's how much it is in Amsterdam in the centre. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but £3.80 for a pint. Where were you drinking in London at uh, £7.60? This uh, Waterloo... At the station. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a place upstairs in Waterloo. Yeah. And uh, in, um, what was the other thing? In Exmouth, when I had the bingo, even cheaper, because my dad's got a little discount card. Wow. He uses to get beers from the 
bar. Is it like a social club? It was like £3.40 or something. I love those places. They're (laughs) fantastic, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but they're very... um, they're very tight on who gets the cards and who can use them. Is it the kind of place we used to have these when I was a kid? Um, they're probably still up there. Like you, you go up over the north, and if you go in on a particular afternoon, a bloke will come in and sell you a joint of meat. Oh, yeah. 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 He's yeah. just robbed it, basically. But if you go, it, it was like you knew what day to go because he toured the different pubs yeah. and, and he kept it regular. So if you went in Thursday lunch, you could get a joint of lamb for about a third of the price yeah. if you could if it wasn't stolen. Body temperature where it's been yeah. down his trousers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As he walks across town with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You could get anything. If it wasn't for tea leaves when I was a kid, I think my Christmases would have been shy. I once had a successful meat raffle. I won a few joints of meat then. Oh, yeah, you? good old meat raffle. But then you start thinking, hang on, why is this meat being given away? I used to put meat raffles into the uh, comedy nights. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, even though I even got a meat, la- a meat raffle jingle. This this jingle's the world's shittiest jingle, but it's that shit, it's funny. I'll send you that as well. How does it go? Well, it's, it goes to the tune of Batman. Meat raffle! 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 You've put Max Ostro. The guitar player. Yes. See, there's a weird thing going on. Big hair, big glasses, plays the guitar like an absolute boss. He's from Russia, right? Okay. There's one video. I'm not not much sure which one I put on the link here, but he's he's from Russia. And the first video you find is something called uh, 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 Romba. And he's about 12 in the video. And and his fingers are all over the place. And considering how quick his fingers are all over the fretboard... He's just a picture of serenity in his mm, face. Mm. So he's from Russia, and I, I caught a Q&A. He speaks in a West Midland accent. No. Yeah, it's, it's the weirdest fucking thing. He sounds like Ozzy Osbourne. He, 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 um, well, he, that's the thing we should be seeing. Yeah, Here well, we, we, can, we can stick that on as well. But it, it goes on for a long while. It's like sort of 15 minutes of bloody uh, Q&A. We but, could have a snippet, couldn't we? Yeah. Shall yeah. we have a quick snip? Let's have a look. Max Ostro. Hi folks, it's Max Ostry here and I think I have actually announced a Q&A video and I'm going to answer your questions today and as I, I hope it will be interesting. Plectrum is your favourite. You, you know what, I have actually dropped out, but I'll find it right now. So here's it and it is called, it's called Jason Becker Perpetual. Cheddar, not bad. It's made by Swiss Pecks and Pete Bungowski makes just perfect pecks and I highly recommend this stuff and this model I think this model is just the best peck ever made. So by this are you planning on releasing a single album? Yes, single crews or humbuckers. Age as age. Would you like to have a signature guitar? Of 
across the board. If so, from what brand? I'm reaching for Wagner's. Do you have any preference from previous decades? Well, I have a preference in 80s. I like Racer X, Dandra Danda, and all this stuff like that. He's of a certain mindset, that young man. Yeah, Genius. Yeah. I, I think it might be a savant because he speaks different languages as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could well be. He's got quite a look about him as well. I thought he would sound very different. I was watching the video thinking he's either going to be probably a bit like that or he's going to be really cool, kind of yeah. hard rock guitar player or whatever. No. He yeah. does this look. When he's playing a guitar, he, and he, he just looks up to the camera as if to sort of say, yeah. I don't know how I'm doing this either. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> fucking amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, and he's really, he doesn't bother with the guitar faces. He's just no. got this serenity about him. It's, it's brilliant to watch. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Pablo. Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promotermouths. Thanks again, Tony. It's the Tony Phil. That's that's all from Tony for this episode. Oh, thanks, Tony. Yeah. yeah, good good man, good man. Uh, it's now time for comedy rumours forward slash shit housery. Uh... So you've put... Agents and venues that don't reply to professionally written emails. Yes, I try my hardest sometimes, and I'll sit down. Rather than going, oh, um, I'd like to book an act, uh, can you get back to me? Or I'd like to book an act in this date, this time. Do you think that'd be possible? Or have a quick kind of throwaway. Sometimes you sit down, you write some very nice emails, yeah. professional ones that yeah. are worded in the right tone, yeah. uh, to, in order to maybe land a decent act. Don't get sometimes, don't even get a reply. Yeah. Got to send another follow up one saying, uh, Have you had an opportunity to um, peruse my um, <laughs> proposition? <laughs> I mean, if you put this up at the same time when it sort of dawned on me, three different, uh, uh, well, three different headliners I've been trying to get. No, no, three different um, openers for a gig with Sean Walsh and, uh, and quite high profile. Maybe I'm going a bit too high and I'm asking them not to be headliner. Yeah. Yeah, so that could be that. But I'm offering a decent amount of money. I'm just, just getting radio silence back. Yeah. You know, um, um, and, and actually not all of them are that high profile, you know. It reflects, uh, I think, although they're not intending to do so, it reflects badly on the act if it's an agent because they're representing the act. That's how yeah, I see it. And yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. if you're ignoring my emails or if you're just, uh, you know, giving me a, a short, you know, um, mug off, if it's not of interest, yeah. no negotiation sometimes. It's like, no, that's not one for us. And I'm like, well. I've been stonewalled directly by Axe in the last sort of 10 days or so. Yeah, you've seen, they, they've seen your message. Yeah, they've and seen it. I've seen it pop up and you're like, yeah. oh, I'll be expecting a quick reply. Yes or no would be yeah, a yeah. good start. I've, I've had a couple uh, respond back straight away. Um, have you got any more busy on those dates? And this is exactly what you want. You think, fine, you, you could have been probably on my radar. But one or two, just I'm thinking, well, you know. But I'd rather have off. the no than the nothing um, at all because at least you know where you stand. Uh, but if you go to them with a certain budget in mind... Some some of them don't even bother trying to negotiate and get more money or whatever. They just say no, not 
is too far away for that. And yeah. that, but thanks for asking. And I'm like, no, what you're supposed to do now is say, well, we could do it for even if it's double that. Yeah, yeah. Then just tell me. But you're not going to offer like your maximum amount straight no, from the off. No, exactly. Because they'll, they'll always come back in and say, oh, can you add 20% to that? But it's not a small fee now, because I'm used to doing pub gigs, and I've tried to get people to do the bigger venue, and it's astronomically more than I would normally pay. So, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. a bit tentative at, at best, but they're not even coming back. Just... As a promoter, when I put ads out, I've not responded back to everybody. Is that is that is that the same? Is it the same level as shit elsewhere? I don't think it is the same. Not if you are going directly to the representative of an act, or, and, or to the act, or to or to the act directly. Yeah, um, it's not like a throwaway because it's not as if that act has fifty people that want to book them on that day. And like when you put something out, fifty acts want to pick up yeah, that yeah. one gig on the day. I've asked one person and offered literally hundreds of pounds, and not had a. Not had a response back. Mm. But, we're, but we're not talking, as I say, a small amount of money. That yeah. I, I guess it in the bigger picture, it might be a small amount of money to some of the acts I've been going for. But I don't think they, they know that's going on. I think they're being shielded from it, maybe. Well, that's if the agents. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> I know some of the acts know what's been going so on. So I do think picking up the phone and talking directly to the agent probably is better than just blind emailing them with yeah. a request. Yeah. Um, that, that's my next plan of action. Um, but also there are venues that aren't the busiest of venues uh, that you try and get in touch with them saying, I'd like to put on a comedy night here, uh, what, whatever the arrangement is. You know, it's probably a percentage that they'll take. And nothing. Yeah, but that's, that's probably good because you fill it out the uncooperative venues. Maybe, yeah, yeah. But mind you, having said that, by far and away my best depth venue ever, took, I took ages to get response from them. Okay, so you've just got to be persistent, have you? Yeah, yeah. And then well, sometimes, you know, just every now and then just drop in a line. Mm, yeah, yeah. You don't know what's going on, do you? That's it's the thing. It's interesting. You know, you don't. But if they're going to have the only point of access through their website or whatever or with an email address, then think they might respond to it even if it's a i'll get back to you or whatever but you just get lost you know give if yeah. if they haven't responded in a day or two you're just going to be sinking down their yeah, inbox yeah, yeah. aren't you but i've had venues that have approached not got response back and then i thought oh, well there's, there's no point then i've seen a few years later some somebody a rival has bloody got in there. yeah you know it's well, not slow in it that's how well, it works. It's just the way it goes. So yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more professional in approaching these, you know, the new skills of working with agents and things to get some decent acts yeah. uh, for different gigs. Um, but yeah, tenacity can be rewarded sometimes. Parking like a twat in Loddon and Shedgrave. In brackets, the local bit. Here we go. Oh, yes. Wonderful oh. Chedgrave and Loddon. Look yeah. at this. I've got... Uh, You've got a couple of things there. I've, I've got, got anything down, have I? I've put King's Head Redemption, £5. Mm. Yes. Do you remember the other day I upset the landlord of the King's Head? You always do that. Well, redemption comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Um, the other day I went in for a pint while waiting for a takeaway. Yeah. And I flashed my phone for the um, for the £5 it cost for a pint of Madry. Yeah. And... It instantly came up. King's had five pounds charged yeah. on my phone. 
But then the uh, the young lady behind the bar, uh, who's very good, by the way, uh, she said, oh, it's declined. And a, th- and a thing came out. And I said, well, no, it's it's gone through. It's on my phone. And she said, well, no, it says it's declined. And I said, well, it says that here. I said, I'll tell you what, if it doesn't work out, if it hasn't charged, then I'll, I'll bring you the money in, um, which threw her a little bit because I then drank my pint and went and she had a decline thing. I think she was probably worried what the landlord might say. Anyway, I, I said, I'll leave my number, my phone number. I said, it's all right, I'm not going anywhere. and come in all the time. She knew that. Anyway, eight o'clock in the morning, my phone was ringing from the king's head. Come back here and pay your fiver. Well, and he was, he'd obviously looked at the bits of paper in the morning, thought, that's, that's not on. Still on my phone, still in my bank, still charged a fiver. Right. All right. And so I text him saying, it's still showing up. Uh, and then fast forward a couple more days, still showing up. And then suddenly I looked and it had given me money back from the king's head. Ah. So I then went down, went in. Bill Taylor was sat at the bar and I went over to him and he put his hand out to shake man. I just put five pound in his hand. He goes, oh, no, no, it's um, it was all fine. It's um, it's gone in my account. I said, well, it's come back into mine. And we've all made peace. Ah. And he's a happy fella now. Good. Thinks I'm a trustworthy gentleman. Stephen Treadaway, the famous clairvoyant. Um, now, uh, he's, um, he's got a gig coming up in Hardley, and I just was really attracted towards the tagline for his gig, which... You certainly this. It goes like this. When the veil between two worlds fades... Jacket potato filling in salad variety of cakes. Bring your own drink. I mean... It's beautiful, isn't it? It's all over the place, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Even if you said... Even if the tagline was... Where the hell between two worlds fades. And then just then there was a full stop. But there wasn't I, a space. There, there wasn't. There was no space. But even then, Jackie Potato for Lincoln salad variety of cakes. There's no <laughs> no punctuation. <laughs> and bring your drink, comma. Like, it's batshit. <laughs> That's absolute batshit. That sixteen pounds. Wow. Well, you, well, and he's going to take a tenner of that, isn't he? Yeah. What do you get? A, well, you, you do get jacket potato filling and salad variety of cakes with it. <laughs> <laughs> Seagull News. It's now time for Seagull News. Octopus found fighting off seagulls on Dublin Beach released back into the water. The creature was using its tentacles to defend itself from two attacking seagulls when it was spotted by a passerby. We all know the plight of losing the best part of fish and chips portions to a vexatious city seagull, but this octopus on Burrow Beach could have lost much more if Luke Maguire hadn't spotted the mollusk and intervened. 
Uh, Luke was walking his dog when he spotted the two seagulls attacking something, from which from a distance he thought could be a crab. As he got closer, he saw the octopus defending itself, assuming it had been washed in and caught with the receding tide. After realizing the seagulls had gone, the octopus seemed to stop wiggling around its tentacles and relax, but it didn't seem to be able to get back into the water, Luke told Loving, Loving Dublin. The passerby picked up the octopus and helped it back into the ocean, where it swam for about five seconds before it was hit by another wave and washed up onto another sandbank. Knowing he couldn't leave the creature there with the gulls still lingering, Luke picked it up again and waded in deeper to release it, noting that uh, as soon as it got in the water, it completely changed shape and looked like a rocket flying away. Thanks to the likes of 2020 documentary My Octopus Teacher, we know a lot more about how clever octopus Octopuses are, and the innovative methods they use to defend and conceal themselves underwater. According to the Marine Conservation Society, octopuses can use their tentacles to walk along the beach if they are trapped in a low tide for or hunting for prey among the rock pools, and most sources say they can survive for about 30 minutes outside the water. Seagulls notwithstanding, as Luke pointed out. Oh, good timing. Good timing. Good timing. So, so that, that was from a website called Love Dublin, hence my uh, uh, racist Irish accent again. Love Dublin. Yeah. Hmm. Have you been to Dublin? Love Dublin. Dublin. You been to Dublin? I have been to Dublin Fair City. Yeah. Where the girls are so pretty. Alive, alive, all. Alive, alive. I went to the Guinness factory. Yeah. Um, had Guinness here, there, and everywhere. What I remember from my trip to Dublin was, and, and actually from my trip to Southern. Ireland or Ireland? What do you call it? Is it Southern Ireland? No, it's just Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. What I remember is the the portion sizes of the food were ridiculously big. Grand. So we ordered curry, you know, like canteen type curry and rice. Yeah, yeah. And one bowl would feed the four of us. Have I told you my food? um, My uh, Nick Leeson anecdote in Dublin. I might have wheeled that out before. No. I've not told you this. I went for stag do there. And uh, most of the stags were uh, from the south of England, and I was from, I think I was living in London at the time. And my plane didn't go back till much later on the uh, day from the morning they flew out, so I had to kill a few hours on my own. So I was drinking in a bar in Temple Bar, and uh, lo and behold, sat on the same table to me was uh, Nick Leeson, the guy who bought down Bearings Bank. Wow. So I basically had a few pints with Nick Leeson. He was all right, he was a nice chap. You had a few pints with Nick Leeson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow, that was it was well weird. Did he and pay? This, this was in the nineties. Uh, no, he's bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but there were some scousers in there, and this this is the bit. Oh, always makes me chuckle when I think about it. it scouser leaned into me and said, "Hey, mate, uh, I have Nick Leeson's in here. Can you point him out?" So um, Nick Leeson was a bald guy with glasses, and he was sort of literally sat next to me. He said, "Yeah, of course I can." There was another bald guy with glasses sat a few tables across. So I pointed at that guy. He said, there he's there, mate, that bald guy with glasses. So him and his mate went behind the bloke who wasn't Nick Leeson, who was the bald guy with glasses, while his other mate stood in front and took pop pictures of him waving behind this bloke who wasn't Nick Leeson. They were that chuffed. <laughs> and I'm elbowing Nick Leeson. He said, I've just told him that's you when they're getting the picture taken with that bloke who wasn't you. And they, yeah, they thought it was great. Nice. You know, it's good, friendly people in Ireland. Yes, certainly are. We went camping down in uh, the south. It was like, where was it? Over the sort of 
West Coast, far over the West Coast. It was for a friend of mine's. Kind of, I think it was kind of a stag do type thing. Yeah. yeah. And we drove down, uh, went across there. I can't remember the name of it now, but the guy who ran the campsite was um, looked very much like who's the porn star with the moustache. Oh yeah, um, oh, he's been getting done as a as a wrong one now, isn't he? Yeah, but he is. Yeah. What was his name? Not ah. Dirk Diggler. What's his name? Ah, do you know what? It's it's. it's I'm not going to Google porn star with a moustache because you are. No, no, because Google it. Let's be, do it live. Do no, it. because my history. I'll do it. My my search history. You know, as but a it, ah, as a responsible teacher, Pablo. I. I uh, I remember the name. I'm going to not tell you, so you have to Google it. Ron? Jeremy. Yes, I didn't even have to Google it then. We got it synergetically. Yeah, he looked just like him, so we spent all night calling him Ron. Did you see the uh, documentary about him? No. As he's turning into a Rongan? Did it happen whilst they were filming? Do you think they set him up? No, I think they... um, uh, they've got footage of him being a wrong and people are sort of still sort of hanging on around him and that and uh, mm. um and they did a documentary about like you know what he's being accused of and talking to alleged victims and the like it sounds like he's just got completely lost in the world of like being able to do what he wants to everybody who's put in front of him he doesn't know where to stop yeah you know and we've yeah. had this conversation before haven't we about the russell brand but yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, was it all? Was it ever all right? I think there were a lot of girls who were exploited just through that, you know. Yeah, well, and there was a lot of money going around for it too, wasn't there? Yeah, this I, is true. I think back then probably there was. How much did you earn back in the you know eighties? What when I was in my porn career? Yeah, yeah. How much well, were you getting? You know, yeah, loads. Obviously, yeah. I mean, now nowadays, you know, um, it's it's everywhere isn't it i tell you what i listened just last night i listened to a, a trigonometry podcast where they interviewed a, a female sex worker um really interesting very, <laughs> very articulate i mean they've gone basically from interviewing sam harris like i like a modern day philosopher to interviewing uh, uh, somebody who's made an absolute mint on uh, only friends and webcams mm. and all the rest of it. And only were, friends. And, and, oh, fans. Only fans. Probably, I, I, I think that's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, only. Yeah, you you, you think, yeah, right. <laughs> and and yeah, the, well, the interview was really interesting because for her, it was like something that she really wants to do, and she honestly didn't sound sound too no, traumatized. No, right? some of them so, have made millions in the safety of their own homes. Yeah, yeah doing it under their own terms and I think um, more power to them but they've kind of I think the goalposts have moved but some of them have become multi-millionaires yeah well she sounds just like just showing their fannies to the camera yeah well, she does a bit more than that I think but um, yeah so how much what more can you possibly do put things inside it Pablo <laughs> and other bits I thought you had to go to Benidorm for that and, and uh, the back one I don't want to press Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, opinion whores I've put live at the appalling <laughs> There's a play on words, Pablo Yeah, I see what you um, did I was watching it, it came up on telly I don't normally watch much telly And I thought, oh, the live at the Apollo's on I wonder who's on And it was um, Desiree Birch was comparing She's very good, yeah. really good comedian I would never be able to get her up to my pub gigs up here, sadly mm. Um that that's just a pipe dream. We had her on at the Cray Cray at the comedy store. She was really good. Um and it had um what's his name? Paul McCaffrey. Yeah, excellent act. 
excellent act. He's very good. Um, and then closing the show, or I don't know if they call them closers, do they, was a guy called Johnny Pelham. Yeah. I, well, have you heard of him? Well, I have, because he just showed me the video. Oh, so you have. That's the first you've heard of him? That is the first I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's for good reason, but I didn't expect... I've never heard his... Well, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe there's loads of people that definitely know him. But um, I was really surprised. Because um, we know the Apollo isn't what it used to be when you'd have Jack D and, you know... Yeah, yeah. Comedy Bill Bailey or whatever, you know, big comedy heroes. Comedy heavyweights and those that have done enough club gigs to uh, warrant um, getting on. Yeah, or they're also breaking into big theatre gigs as yeah, well yeah. at that time and some beyond. Um, that was when it was really good. You, you knew you were in for a quality night of A, yeah, yeah. A, A listers or whatever. Anyway, it's not that anymore, is it? And I don't know if it's just where the gears have shifted anyway. Johnny Pelham came on and I was very surprised. Not only had, I'd never heard of him, but the material he opens with. However, you know, you can't package it up. It was talking about how he was abused as an eight-year-old by his black babysitter, talking about child rape. And I don't care how you package it up. just seems to me really odd that they put that act on. And my opinion is that was a bad choice of act because I know if I booked him and he'd come and did that material at one of my gigs, my toes would be going through the bottoms of my shoes. Mm. Well, first of all, Let's say uh, well done to Johnny Pelham for getting himself on Live at Apollo. Well done, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, look, yeah, fair play. I mean, you've got to take your breaks where you get them. But you're right, the the, um, the, the choice of material is just a bit weird how it sort of that's your main, That's your big gig and you're going to go and, and, and share that with everybody. And I mean, I, yeah, I guess, you know, is he brave? But I don't care which way you're... Don't, I don't know if you've made it up or not. I don't know if it's true or not true. I'm assuming it's true, and no, I'm assuming no, no. That, that the people uh, there are lots of people going, "My, my, isn't he brave?" But it's not funny at all in the slightest. No. You know, um, in as a topic, I'm not a prude. It was a, it was a little bit of a weird one. Um, it, you know, I don't know. Uh, is the rest of the industry going, "Boy, my, well done, brave boy," um, or uh, do they feel the same as me? Do they think that that is an area which? Okay, well, it might be good for the for for the small clubs, but putting that on as your your big TV break, potentially. It, yeah, I mean, look, fair play. That's the kind of thing that you you want to stumble across at a comedy festival, and and then you can make of it what you will. And and to be fair to him, there was only five minutes of that. So if you got if he did that as part of an hour of show and he got the narrative, it might make a lot more sense. Yeah, but in context of five minutes on Live at the Apollo. So it did leave you a little bit cold, and which isn't actually fair to him either. No. He might well be a better comic than that. It seems it seems a very odd choice. Um, either they didn't see, they didn't see it. They must have seen him. They must know what his material's like. Yeah, um, could be. We, we could be kind of out of touch. That's what he does, I guess. He, he, I mean, he's, his, a, uh, he's a younger comic. There could be youngsters watching. I mean, he's obviously popular to a point. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on there, right? You know, well, you know, somebody must like him and give, give him a break. I mean, I've only seen a few minutes of him on there, so I'm not best mm. really to judge. I just wonder but, what, what bit of the the programming thinks that's, you know, a good thing to put up there, or is that, like you say, are we out of touch? It's possible, you know. Do, do, do you know what? I found myself watching, um, uh, what's, what's the, uh, uh, the transgender comic? 
uh, who Jordan Gray. Yeah, Jordan Gray. Um, uh, very popular. It really, really is popular, and can, I think can fill really large venues yeah. now. I watched. I watched um, her on the um, Saturday Night Live reboot, um, and I didn't quite get it, but other people do. So, and at that point, I ma- it made me think. Am I getting? Am I I'm moving into a slightly different generation with what I find funny? Was I that think. the bit at the end when he started playing the piano with his knob, uh, yes. her knob? <laughs> Look, oh, yeah. the words coming out of my mouth yeah. is just fucking <laughs> odd, isn't it? But like, yeah, so yeah, definitely sort of moving into a sort of different generation, and I sort of have to accept that a little bit. So there is that bit of caveat. I could you know? see, I could see the worth in that because it was a really good opportunity to show everybody i suppose yeah get over that taboo that everybody yeah stuffy old merry england thinks you know you can't do you can't do that i i find that far more worthwhile as a move than what i saw at the apollo there this is true but but my point being is that um i I didn't quite get it as humor i could see that it was a spectacle that people liked you know yeah yeah Uh, but i didn't quite get it as humor um which can happen, you know. Nice rack, I think one might say. She did have a nice rack. Yeah. And a nice knob. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly. But look, we live in a different world to what we were, were before. Yeah. But the whole, I, you know, I was raped by my black babysitter. Yeah. Thing. Now, that, the, that was, I, I felt my toes curling a little bit there, but, you know, could be to do with my attitude rather than what's going on well on the one hand you some people will say oh it's bringing awareness about it that people you know that people of, of abuse can can talk about it but on the other hand no i don't mm. think that is the platform for it really where, where i sort of can see where he's coming from i think if it's right that he has actually been through that, and I don't know if it's part of his routine or not, I don't know if I'm enough about it. I'm I'm guessing if you if you look at other interviews, yes, he has. All right. In which case, then to try and make a joke out of it is, I think, is valid yeah. because you've got to make a joke joke out of these things to be able to talk about them a little bit. I I think where it fell short for you and I, and again, this is subjective, when he was uh, doing his set. Just felt eminently uncomfortable to watch for me. Yeah, you know, is that o- o- it, other people might, might have right? It's subjective, isn't it? And is it, there a know? counter to that which says, "Well, that says a lot more about you than it does about the material," you know? Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was it's, alluding it's, it's to it's the weird, beginning of this. It? Yeah, yeah. Um, it could well, very well, say that we could be dinosaurs. It's well, going to happen eventually. Is it edgy? Is it? I was surprised anyway, and I was thinking, "Oh, he's been on the Apollo." I, I, I look at it and think, "Who can I book?" Yeah. Sometimes, you know, yeah, and I look yeah, at, it, yeah. and then sometimes you book somebody and you might not have seen all their material if you just saw live at the apollo and if i take a chance on it and then he came along and he he did the uh, i was raped by my black babysitter um uh, bit you you know that most people in your room probably hasn't seen that episode of live at the apollo or realized that it was on live at the apollo mm. and there's every single chance he'd absolutely kill the room on at a normal sort of local Pub gig or could be tricky, even a small it? theater gig. Yeah. Yes, you feel sorry for it. I'm not. I'm not being totally heartless, but I just don't feel like. If I go out to watch some comedy, personally, I don't feel like I need to to have my sensibilities challenged. <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes it works well when that does happen. 
I mean, look, the um, the Australian comic who, who's big in America, what's the name of the guy? Jim G- Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. He's done an amazing bit on gun crime, right? That is amazing, yeah. Yeah, it really is fucking good. But yeah. if, you, if you were pro-guns, you would be having your sensibilities challenged. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I, comedy's subjective, isn't it? Well, but I, it is, I mean, of, of what, all... what we'll say is like a lot of people would have found that uncomfortable. I agree with you there. And, I just wonder I... what the response was in the room as well, because some I've heard some car crash stories of, and I think Nick Helm tells a good one of him doing the Apollo, and it was dead silent. And, yeah. it, and they managed to just make it look like a good gig, but he's yeah. he's never forgiven himself for it. Watching it back, you wouldn't know it. Doesn't that audience turn up for free as well? They don't pay to get in. Oh, do they? I, I believe so, yeah. I guess they've got to apply for tickets. Yeah, So there, are, yeah, there yeah. is a fan base to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not just people. They don't just open the doors and it's first come. No, 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 no. But you can, you. yeah, you can apply for audience tickets. But you don't value the experience quite so much as well, do you, if you're... If you're not actually paid for it. Maybe not, and you don't know who you're going to see, but some, yeah, sometimes you see some cracking ones. But there are much... My point is also there are some far better acts on the circuit missing out on things like the Apollo, and they will always miss out, and you just wonder why. Mm. Don't you? I, I absolutely agree with it. It's, it's been a... I mean, I, I went on... I, I got involved in an online um, discussion about that, and I spoke my mind. Um Something along the lines, my my point was, you know, it's not fair on the open spots if you put them on live at the Apollo before they're ready. And it's not fair on the other people who can actually smash that and they're losing the the spot. And I got absolutely slaughtered because it looked like I was like pissing all over somebody's parade. Yeah. So in a a way, so it was. Mm. But, you know, I mean, live at Apollo had its own branding, as you say, with all the big heavyweights. And then it's, it's a little bit like if Top of the Pops suddenly decided to stop being Top of the Pops and then turned into sort of a, it kept the name, but went into a, an independent music magazine show with up-and-coming yeah. acts, doing all experimental music, and who've only done sort of, you know, 20 gigs and hadn't actually got their own sound yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that can be quite exciting to watch, that kind of thing. And that's why I like going to open mic nights. So I, you, you get some real gold and you get some sort of wacky characters. I, I, I really enjoy that. But I, I think it's a bit of a branding problem for Live at the Apollo. So okay, you, here's, you, here's one. Here's a question then. Um, three acts. Yeah. Compare and two acts for your Apollo of the day. Yeah. Who would you pick? Um, Can I pick one? Yeah, well, go on. I'd put Jack Gledo on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, he, I've, he, I've, he's I've, worth I've, a he's worth a pop. Yeah, I've not booked him yet. I've been I've tr- I've tried to. No, I just think he's got that thing about him for that sort of gig. Well, he he looks like he's he looks like he's gonna be a household name. Yeah, it's just a matter of time, and I think it will be. So, who would you put on? What, in terms of up-and-coming acts or favourite um, acts? Or? In, in terms of an, uh, somebody who you think would be worthy of sticking on there to make a decent Apollo decent, gig. Well, uh, make, make a decent account of themselves. Yeah. Who's not already been on it, like as a debut kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? Maybe, yeah. Maybe somebody who's out there. Yeah, there's, well, there's a good few. Um, oh, crikey. Uh, there are, yeah, I put you, you on put the spot. Me, you, are, you have put me on the spot. But you know what I mean? I think Jack, even though I've not seen him live, Somebody, I just know there's something about him which says that would be a good good gig for him. Yeah, yeah. So people who kill it, 
who haven't been on telly yet. Well, there's loads, isn't there? Well, there are loads, but who would you pick yeah. out of your roster? Well, I haven't got a roster of such, but um, who, who... Let me think. Um, I always fancied... I mean, he stopped doing it now, and uh, I, I think Tony Marese, if he was given a goal okay. at, at, at the peak... You rate him I, there, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, at the peak of his powers, when he was uh, um, gigging all the time, um, yeah, they're just funny bones. Mm. Just absolute funny bones. Yeah. Definitely. I think Ian Stone. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he's, he's already had a, a decent amount of success and, and prominence. Is he sure he's not done it? He's not done the Apollo, now. Has he not done Michael McIntyre's Roadshow? I don't think so. No. I don't remember putting that on my poster. No? Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely him. What about Jared Christmas? Has he, has he done it? You know, yeah. I've said before, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the best, best out there, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who would compare it? I tell you what, it's compared that so at the comedy store in Manchester. Ah, lanky fella, bigger hands. Oh, What's yeah. his name? Oh. Pat Jennings. <laughs> that, that's just annoying. That's making me not think of the name. Ah, lanky fella, big hands. It, it, yeah, it, it does. It, it does MCing up in Manchester. If I googled lanky fella, big hands, northern no, that's not comic. Um, did you see what I did last week or a couple of weeks ago? I got the answer completely wrong. You got it right. Then I repeated it. <laughs> and then I cut it all up so it sounded Sound like, like I knew what right. I was yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on then, really. Do you mean Phil Ellis? <laughs> oh, God, God. <laughs> I mean Phil Ellis. You need to learn to edit soon, Pablo. Can, 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 I, can I just tell you a very brief anecdote about the first time I saw Phil Ellis? Um, I went up to the comedy store with my brother. I was getting on for nearly 10 years ago. I was still a bit intoxicated by the fact that I was a bit inv- getting involved in the uh, comedy industry and booking acts. And uh, as we were coming out, Phil Ellis was coming out with another act. He was high. He probably is higher profile than Phil Ellis, and I kind of forget oh. his name. The guy who talks about um, go at car boot sales and um, buying wallpaper pasting tables. And he, I think he plays an instrument. But anyway, look, I'll come back to it. But like this act, this act was higher profile, and he closed. And uh, Phil Ellis emceed. And I and I was, like, pissed up, right? And I went over to Phil Ellis. Oh, I don't feel like I work in the comedy industry. I'm completely full of, full of myself, right? And I think, think back, I feel like I'm just so embarrassed about it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a chat with him. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic. But all the while I'm saying that, the closer was stood next to him. Oh, and and and, and I, it just wasn't. I didn't have the capacity to even consider. Who was it? Who was it? Ah, uh, it's uh, comedy wallpaper. What was it? Let's see how good Google is. Comedy comedian. Yeah, I think he might have actually done that video, Paul. Comedian car boot sales and wallpaper. That should do it. Here we go. No. Paul McCaffrey, stand-up no, comedy car boot sales. Well, he's he's got a very dry style, and and because uh, uh, no, it does say Paul McCaffrey, believe it or not. Yeah, it wasn't him. Well, this is a good end to the pod, isn't it? Before we get onto the hellfires, have you seen what we got for hellfires? Fucking loads. I've just got loads of pictures of wall. Paper pasting tables in here now. That's not good. But <laughs> well, anyway, I, I was praising Phil Ellis whilst the headliner was sat there, yeah, and and I just sort of didn't even didn't even acknowledge him. And afterwards, thing... I just I played it back in my mind. I thought, did I actually do that? I felt like such a knob. 
I, felt I, I, you know, I wasn't up. When I was up in Edinburgh, um, you would you talk to comedians all the time, but you do often see, like in the Pleasance Courtyard, you'll be talking to somebody who you've might have booked in the past, or you you know whatever, or you're thinking of booking, having a chat. Uh, but you just know they're looking over your shoulder to see who else is in the courtyard to see, you yeah, know, yeah. they're networking all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you know their mind's half on what you're talking about, but the other half is on where's somebody more interesting yeah, for absolutely. my career. <laughs> like that Alan Partridge well, bit. they spend when, uh, enough money to go up there. They're not just up there for fun, are they? When, when Alan Partridge uses a funeral as a networking opportunity, <laughs> yeah. and he's talking to the widow, and he said, well, would it be terribly rude of you to stop talking to you and go speak to him over there? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Anyway. Moving on. Hellfire and damnation. In this section, we outline a scenario where each one of us has been wronged, or where we think someone or something should be thrown into the pits of hell. Thank you, Diane Abbott. Um, we've got a few things on here, Pablo. Well, you have. You've had a... Well... You know, I've, I've, I think I've only got one. Something made me quite livid. What's this, guy? Captain Sir Tom Moore's family fuckery. Mm. Yes. Have you seen that? I have, yeah. He yeah. walked around his garden and they milked him dry, didn't they? Well, they're milking the fund. £800,000 they went and siphoned off of his charitable fund. What yeah. a bunch of... What a bunch of bunts. Yes. What? And on merch. And they were like, well, we've sold his book, but um, that was never in the deal for the charity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They've been nailed to the cross. Yeah, well, they they thought they, you know, they just thought, oh, well, you know, might as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, they were, they were doing it for a while. I think it all happened when they were converting somewhere in their house, weren't they? And it was going to be a centre for the fund, uh, for the charity, and then they changed the plans to include a spa and a sauna. Yeah. And then somebody went, hang on a minute. Do you know what? Surely. I never I never gave to him. There was all this social media pressure to give to him at the time. Something about it. I'm not saying, you know, I, I do give to Charlie, all right? I will say that. But something about the way that everyone's getting his, his like, the big hysteria all over it. Yeah. Just all put me off. I thought... Everyone know. likes a little bit of a hero like yeah. that, don't they? Yeah. They like the hero story. The yeah. old man who was in the... Conga. Yeah. Do you know what I might have put to it? I don't know. Well, where was I remember it? thinking I wouldn't do that. I didn't. Sometimes I get pissed up and give somebody 20 quid if I'm feeling a bit weak. You know, I, I had <laughs> to... Um, I put money in a little pot and saved up for a new saucepan because I beat the shit out of one, you know? Banging saucepans oh, with a spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. It was chipping all the enamel off, so I oh, thought... I'll tell you what, that was an horrible thing. <laughs> like, I can, can be quite socially awkward. It started off, Standing outside, just yeah. clapping. It started off quite loud. Oh, and then, and then people it. were getting... We were hitting dustbins and pans and everything. And then it started getting quieter and quieter as people just got pissed off. And they made us do that. It felt like a collective bloody mental illness. It was doing madness. The whole thing. It was absolutely crackers. I know we were all climbing the walls at that point. And yeah. it felt like a bit of a release to some people, I'm sure. Oh, here's some... But I just fucking hated that. Here's news stand just in. What? GB News. Oh, yeah. Have um, recruited a new member of their team. Boris Johnson is joining GB News. Fuck off, really? That was what I read. Jesus Christ. So Boris Johnson is the saviour of GB News, That I means guess. Leo Curse is going to be going out for a pint with Boris. Oh, dear. God, God help us. Let's, um, let's just confirm that. There you go. 
There we go. Yeah, there you go. Boris Johnson, former Prime Minister, to host GB News Show. Jesus Christ. Uh, he will play a key role in coverage of the UK and US elections next year. OK, so he's... Well, do you know what? Self-serving Well, before he became mayor of London and he was just a politician sort of doing the rounds, um, he was forever on, have I got news for you and all of that. And he was actually quite entertaining. Well, he's got, you know, he can be quite an entertaining character. Yeah. I wish he'd stop there and just done that rather than getting into proper professional public life as a... But I think that was always the plan, wasn't it? He was never yeah. satisfied. He's, he's... He got lucky. There's no way that somebody that inept getting that level of office. Mm. Hey, look, the, the zeitgeist change so that somebody like him could walk into a job like that. He got the uh, Mayor of London job. That was wacky. Nobody could believe he got that. What, this idiot, Mayor of London? Dangling from that wire. Yeah, with, yeah. With the flags. Rugby tackling bloody school kids and all the rest of it. <laughs> going, going for runs as a big fat thing with a pair of fluorescent fucking trunks on. Yeah. The guy was a... Buffoon, wasn't he? And like you thought, there's no way he's gonna. Anyway, yeah. things changed, and then it, it, like, it, a path was made for him to walk down. What is he? He's a. Yeah. Goddamn! I've got. I'm gonna swear now. Goddamn Waterloo Station, trying its best to make me shit myself, Pablo, with its ambiguous toilet signposts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool Street ain't much better. No, and I was going up, and I was looking, following the signs, and you get to one, it just points off into the distance, and then you're like, oh, I'm not going all the way over there, I don't, there's no more, so like, that's that's the station platform. And so you go back, and it sort of points you in a different direction. Yeah. No, And then it goes round in circle. I walked up and down the station, and I tell you what... You nearly pooed yourself. I was backing one up, twice my height. Yeah. I, I was at Liverpool Street Station, and I nearly got yeah. caught short. You used to be able to go to McDonald's at Liverpool Street Station and curl one out, but, like, the... the, 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 the the McDonald's there now is basically a kiosk. I'm going to be so honest you, with you. Can't... I'm going to be honest with you. £7.60 for a pint and a shit, actually. Uh, oh, it was worth so, it. Penny, <laughs> it was worth a penny of it. That's why I'm not complaining. <laughs> You've put pure gym is a cheap shithole. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Once before I told you about the female cleaner coming in, um, she would at least announce herself... And you go, oh, fucking hell, right? you, you know, you, you have a bit of time. In there on Saturday, the young girl just wandered in, just started sweeping up. There was an old man next next to her, like, it was oblivious. He was talking to his other old man mate, right? Yeah. And he was banging on, and and I, thought, I was watching, and I thought, he's, he's going to drop his trousers in a minute, and she's behind him. She hasn't announced herself. She's just wandering around, mm. sweeping up and cleaning mirrors and all of that. Yeah, sure enough. He's got his old man ass out and his old man bollocks all, all over the place. And there's a girl there. It ain't right, guys. Is that, it's the, not is right. that the same one that came in with, when you were in No, there? it's a different one. Ooh. Yeah, it's a different young girl, though, just wandering around, not announcing herself, just wandering in and out. If it was the other way around, if a bloke was wandering yeah. out at the, the uh, ladies' changing rooms, and again early on in this week at lunchtime, she was there doing I mean, exactly the same, not no, announcing herself. I don't think that is right. I mean, he's a bang out of order. On lots of levels. I haven't got... I mean, I thought... I'd, I, I went and tried and found, found a manager and I found some guy. I said, look, I'll have, to, I'll have to say something. Can you tell the manager? So, oh, yeah. And he said to me, so, yeah. Uh, he said, I realise it must be quite a thing to do to announce yourself to a room full of blokes who are getting changed. But then she shouldn't really be put upon. I'm not saying anything to her. No. Because she's obviously being put upon 
pure gym and try to bloody cut corners. No, I but, agree with you on that one, Pablo. But, but the whole place, you, I guess you get what you pay for, but pure gym is a cha- cheap shithole. It really is. You go in there, they're playing the fucking shite loud music. Yeah. They're taking away the hand towels. You used to be able to bloody wash that, like, uh, uh, clean off the machines after you sweated all over them. You can't do that anymore. Have they cut back on they've, that they've now? Cut, they've cut back on that. You've got, uh, you've got people in there who put their padlocks on lockers, then fuck off for a few days, then come back and open it, and they think they reserve for them. So you go in there, you look at it and get yeah. a fucking locker. You've got people who fucking put all the sweaty clothes on the benches, so, like, you, you're looking for a space, and, you, and if you're going to sit down, you're going to sit down where they've just left a big pile of sweaty fucking undies and all the rest of it, because there's absolutely no fucking decorum in there. You, you've got millennials... Taking selfies of themselves. Are they everywhere. still doing that? They're are still they? fucking doing that. A young girl yesterday, she's cycling along on the on the on the sit down cycle ride thing, which is that's not fucking exercise, is it? And she said, <laughs> and she can she's she, she hold, holds up a phone right in the sky so you can't see a fat neck, and she's taking yep. a picture. She's she's obviously going online, going, look at me, I'm exercising. Okay, no, she fucking wasn't. And and the, the the other thing I've noticed as well, you got young lads there with um, for some reason going into a gym where they're working out wearing woolly hats because they saw a Rocky once, right? Yeah. They're wearing woolly hats, big big big. Does they help trash. their body temperature to rise and they sweat sweat more calories off? They're they're, they're just no, they're just being knobs. Okay, that they're, they're wearing woolly hats because they're knobs. Well, they can uh, fuck off, and they can fuck off. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Anybody else? Uh, African death money grabbers. Yeah, what's African death? <laughs> well, you know what? Do, do, do you know when somebody... Do, there's a phenomenon that I noticed, and I've alluded to to it on here once before, but when uh, Dave Courtney passed away, um, you sent me a TikTok video that had done annoying music in the background, so I, I, I can't be watching that. Oh, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll have a look on YouTube, see if you can find the quiet version, because there'll be one. And I found the quiet version, um, and then at the end of it, cut in with a load of photographs and a bit of a narrative and, a, and an African accent uh, talking with, like, like, basically reading out a load of shit about Dave Courtney that somebody would have picked up from news articles or yes. on Wikipedia. So what happens is there's an army of people in Africa, which they must be quite poor, so they're, 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 they've cottoned on to uh, the fact that if they... Clickbait, isn't it? Yeah. Well, basically, they, I mean, this guy, Courtney had been dead, 24 hours and they had 15,000 views. So what they're doing obviously is is searching for people that have celebrities that have died, finding a bit of um, footage and then cobbling together a, a 15 minute video. Yes. And and providing a narrative over the top. Well, they clearly haven't got a fucking clue who they are. But they get millions of clicks on it because people go, oh, Dave Courtney, dead. Yeah, and they're really quick quick about it. They so did it they, with they the go, Queen as well. They saw that comedian. It made the newspaper headlines. Yes. They've got it and then started looking And it wheel, did wheel. get clicks on it, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It is sick. And I must say this is a rather reserved one compared to last week on the swear front. Oh, you haven't, you're not edited it yet. No. Nope. Made, made it sound bad with the beeps. Put Belgium. Yeah. Uh, well, that's fair enough. So I... Um, yeah. He doesn't need anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I put it in there is because I went off, toddled off on my journey with a couple of cans of cans of Leffe in my bag. Mm. The Belgian beer. Yep. Yeah. I'm not keen. It's a bit, bit too flowery. Okay, yeah. Got onto the train from Paddington all the way to Exeter, it's a couple of hours. 
sat down, thought, oh, I deserve a beer after that stressful cock I just met earlier. Pulled out, first can, it was empty. I thought, uh, oh, I don't remember drinking that. And then I looked and it wasn't even open. Uh, and then I thought, oh, no, off my computer's in there and everything. But luckily, the entire can had leaked into my jeans. And that was what I meant earlier by by gene sponge or uh, the denim sponge. So right. all of the entire can had leaked into my trousers. And I blame the Belgians for that. Because mm. I think... Lots of reasons. One, without Leffy beer. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I need to say, really. Yeah. They deserve it, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> I sent you a yeah. picture of a can and, and a pair of jeans, didn't I? Yeah, and I, it, I was worried because you sent me a couple of pictures on your journey. And then you said, uh, like, my jeans, like, you said, which one's got the most beer? And you had a can of Leffy and, and your, your jeans. And I thought, well, this is obviously a trick question. So I said, your jeans. And I'm thinking, I keep doing that thing where you're just getting completely pissed up all the way to Exmouth, and 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 <laughs> you're like you're you're actually really hammered. And I'm sat there with my, in my pants. You sat there, yeah, sat there in your pants with your drowny jeans on the back of the chair. Which the one's got the most piss in it? Yeah, <laughs> my shoes. Yeah, oh. like, I did. I did think. I hope he's all right. Yeah, no, I was fine. I was yeah. fine, but my bag wasn't. So yeah. I arrived in Exmouth with everything stinking like a. Belgian monks yeah. jock strap. To try to tell your father you haven't got a drink problem. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, Dad. Can I just wash all my clothes? They'll be in my bag. <laughs> Everything I own needs a wash, Dad. But I'm all right. I'm here, aren't I? And now I'm going to bed. <laughs> well, let's plug our gigs, Pablo. Well, get, get your November's in. Well, next week on the 2nd and 3rd of November... I've got two gigs with uh, Eddie Brimson headlining yes. in Beckles and in Chedgrave. And in December, I've got the 1st, the 2nd and the 7th. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. Um, www.shaftofwit.com if you'd like to have a look there. Yes. See how I made that easy and yeah. painless. I just realised, seeing those dates written down, yeah. you've got November 2nd and 3rd. In the 3rd... I won't be going to that gig. I'll be staying over in a hotel in Norwich. And on the 4th, I'm getting fucking married, Kai. Pablo, you're getting married. We're going to have, on Wednesday next week, I hope, we can have your final Promoter Mouse podcast. As, as a, a single man. As a free man. As a bachelor. <laughs> as a, yeah, young, go-getting man about town. Yeah, you've done yeah. your Amsterdam, you've done your Benidorm, and now you're, you've done everything. That's, that's it, the old ball and chain. Old ball and chain. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Irving doors. Yeah, you say that. You're you're in love, aren't you? Yeah, I won't be getting married otherwise. Well, some people do, don't they? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm not in a controlling and coercive relationship. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what she said. Um, so, Pablo. That's not what she told me to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you got coming up? So, December the 2nd, uh, Arf Smith headlining with Eddie Brimson opening, uh, Chris Norton Walker in the middle, and uh, who else have we got? No, Chris Norton Walker in the middle, and Charmian Hughes Charmian. MCing. Lovely. Uh, still some tickets left for that. Uh, it's filling up, filling up nicely. Uh, um, there's a code, Kai. There's a code? What a code? There's a code. So if you go on a website, wcbcomedy.com, and then uh, you go on to the Arthur Smith gig... <laughs> Motor Mouths podcast listeners. 
This is a replacement voice service on behalf of WCB Comedy. This service is in place due to an oral error when recording by Captain Pablo of WCB Comedy. For 25% off Arthur Smith tickets, please use the code WCB25 when buying your tickets. That's the code WCB25 for 25% off tickets for Arthur Smith in Southwold on December the 2nd. Thank you for listening to the Promoter Mouse podcast and thank you for letting us come into your ears. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, and I should mention as well that uh, in March, I forgot the date in March, but I'm looking at the website. Gary Delaney headlining. Is it the fourth or the fifth? Oh, you know, getting tired now. But tickets are shifted. I've only got about fifty tickets left at Secretary in Woodbridge, which is amazing, absolutely ridiculous. How many? Uh, fifty. Left. <laughs> left. For March. For March. Yeah. That's, that's insane, isn't it? Uh, and and uh, it's it's not much better, or it is for me at Southwell for the same same double up. So if, if you want tickets for that, get on it. Um, gonna be putting tickets for April. Sean Walsh headlines headlining, Sol Bernstein uh, opening, and Gavin Webster, the former comedians comedian of the year, in, oh, in the middle. Not the not the one off of Coronation Street. Wasn't he Gavin Webster? That's Kevin Webster, oh, Kevin. End, All right. with a tash. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, and two cracking MCs for either venues, Ben Valdeveld and uh, Karen Bailey. Oh, Karen. Uh, yeah, she's at Southwold. Fantastic. So, yeah. It's a female act. Have you got any insurance in place in case she doesn't turn up? Well, contrition. Day. So I'd like to apologise to the good, the bad, and the hungry for putting on a gig nearby uh, and giving it a go. Um, I wasn't to know. They came to me. I thought that might be a good idea. You can't fit any more people in the venues I've got nearby, so why not? It, you just need to give you. A do you go- think? Do you think you're spreading it a bit thin? Just give the guy at the good, bad, and hungry a little bit of a um, mental arms around him. Tell him it's going to be all right. Um, let's draw this one to a close. Nice one, Kai. What do we do next? Press the button. Um, music. Yes. Thanks, Pablo. Thank you, Kai. Enjoy your last week as a free man. I am not a number. <laughs> I'm a free man. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promotermouths.